Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Bringing the GE to you on Money FM 89.3. The general election is history, as we all know. And this general election, we saw the rise and the increased use of social media. Joining us on the line is Natalie Pang, a senior lecturer at the National University of Singapore, to talk about the social media effect on GE 2020. Natalie, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Were you surprised by anything you saw with uh, the uh, Um, social media being used this election? Yeah, I guess. Because it's been uh, it's an internet election, I was not surprised that political parties would be using social media a lot more than before to connect with voters. But I definitely have seen some uh, new things, especially the use of social media by citizens in the way they, I guess, inform each other, analyze what's going on with the campaign and so on. So yeah, that um, to me has been quite... Yeah. Let's talk about that because, of course, you know, there is the uh, – obviously social media is there to build communities and to communicate with uh, with people that we know and some people that we don't know perhaps depending on the circumstance. Mm-hmm. What did that outreach look like? Was it uh, people mostly within their own groups or were they reaching out in a more broad way to maybe perhaps give support to their candidate or what did it look like? Yes, that's a great question, Glenn. I think, I mean, we have heard of the term echo chambers on social media, right? And I think typically we often, I guess, talk to people who think like us and think the same way as us. Um, and, uh, but in this election, I definitely have seen more of, um, uh, voters, uh, more, more citizens, especially younger ones, um, that's putting out content. Uh, they make them like publicly available, uh, and many mm. of these content uh, they went viral. Um, and it's not just, um, yeah, I mean, ordinary uh, young Singaporeans that's doing that. There are many influencers that played an active um, role in this election as well. They went out to interview, you know, different candidates, especially, I guess, candidates that people don't often hear about on, you know, on the TV and so on. So. They went out to uh, talk to them. They had like uh, podcasts speaking to these people and they put out all that content online that's actually, uh, you know, uh, shareable across different platforms. So I I thought that's actually something that's not really been done before in other elections I've uh, studied. We're speaking with Natalie Pang, the senior lecturer at NUS, the uh, social media effect of GE 2020. And uh, Natalie, it's interesting that you talk about, uh, you know, the people sharing and and kind of supporting their candidates. And also the fact that, you know, really for the first time, there were a number of candidates who were sort of single candidates by themselves. They weren't backed by a big party uh, or, you know, political uh, machine behind them, if I can put it that way. But they were actually able to reach out and get their messages out in a way that really hasn't been done before. It it was almost kind of like a new democratization of democracy (laughs) in terms of really anybody (laughs) could get out there and get their messages out there. Did you notice that in your observations? Yes, definitely. I think particular candidates, they became very popular in a very short time. And I mean, of course, Dr. Tan Chin Bok is someone that's well known to older voters. But amongst younger voters, he's not that well known. But within days of, you know, <laughs> campaign period, 
I think he gained the most number of followers on his Instagram account. So I think that's one example. I guess kind of won Instagram and stuff. Ah, um, interesting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. you know, when you look around, obviously, you know, COVID nineteen played a big a big part in people going to social media. They couldn't do the big mm-hmm. uh, in person political rallies and things like that. But in general, Mm -hmm. since the last GE, the rise of social media has been quite noticeable uh, in Singapore across many different channels. Are you seeing a generational shift as well? Are you seeing older Singaporeans come onto social media as well? Or is it still more of a Gen X, Gen Y, maybe early baby boomer type interaction with the political parties? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think what I have definitely seen with social media over the years is that it has become more fragmented because of the different platforms that have come up. I think Singapore is a very, I guess, connected country. We are connected to the internet all the time. Uh, we have actually, even if we don't own a laptop or, or desktop, we have mobile phones. We have smartphones that's connected all the time. So I think the shift, or rather the demographics, right, is somewhat, I guess, defined by the platform that different people are on. With older voters and older Singaporeans, I think their platform of choice tend to be Facebook and WhatsApp. And with younger Singaporeans, the platform of choice tend to be more Instagram. Many of them are also on TikTok. But increasingly, I also see the use of Twitter amongst younger Singaporeans. Mm. So that's interesting, yeah, because, uh, I mean, Twitter is very well, well used in other countries, but not so much in Singapore. Right. And, and you know, when you look at the at the usage of the different platforms, of course, we saw people doing TikTok, TikTok videos and, and you know, mm-hmm. different types of fun things as well. Was, was there, yeah. besides you mentioned uh, Tan Cheng Bok, was there a clear winner in terms of who you thought was really utilizing different social media platforms to their best use, if that makes Um, any sense. So I think the People Action Party, uh, they put out a lot of content across different platforms. So I think content-wise, the PAP actually produce a lot. But in terms of virality, you know, how far and how many shares, how many times each content was shared, I think the Workers' Party definitely put a lot of thoughts in every content they were putting out there. So they're not like, in terms of the style of the content, they're not like the PAP ones as well. So the PAP ones, they are very professionally produced. Of course, they had a number of programs that were also hosted by, I mean, people like Desmond Cole. And so, yeah, they definitely had a lot of programs and content. But for the Workers' Party, they had the Hammer Show. They had a number of campaign videos. In fact, they produced like only like, a couple of can be video. There was a teaser and then uh, the main one, right? And but yeah, that went viral very much because of you know the impact of the video, the narrative of the video. Was was that seen as being more authentic? You know, many times the mm-hmm. less produced, the less professionally produced content can become the more viral favorite. If you know, just because it seems more. I guess, authentic or down to earth. Is it, is it because of that or yeah. was it because of the specific messages that were coming across? What's your opinion? I think it was different things, right? I think with the campaign videos by the parties, you know, the famous one where all the faces appeared, right? And that was quite professionally produced. But I think for that one, it was about the messaging. And yeah, I mean, just the script, the focus on the candidates, right? Not so much 
what they do, but who the candidates are and why they are in this. So I think that narrative was powerful and I think that went viral. But with their interviews, the interviews put up by the Workers' Party, mm. if you notice, many of them were shot in their homes. Yeah. So I think that definitely contributes to the sense of authenticity that especially social media users, when they consume content online, they want to feel that. They want to, when they evaluate the social media content of political candidates, I think they want to sense that authenticity. We're speaking with they Nat- want to connect. Sure. Mm. Speaking with Natalie Pang, senior lecturer at National University of Singapore on social media issues and the social media effect of GE 2020. And Natalie, as we go forward now, uh, now that um, you know many of the opposition parties have been effectively using social media for the first time really in a, in a new way, gaining new audiences, do you think that this is going to change the, the way the political landscape looks and engages uh, going forward now mm-hmm. that not only the PAP, of course, uh, which has been on social media f- for a long time, but some of these other parties now are, are, have found a way to really connect with the public. Yeah. What do you think the impact of social media will be going forward? Yeah, that's an important question. I think for many Singaporeans, participation in politics often looks like this. Polling day, you go to the booth right, and cast mm. your vote. During campaign period, we watch things. We go to the rallies, we watch campaign videos. We, but yeah, you probably would not watch all the you know, e-rallies and, and you will not be, you know, I, I guess, following or consuming content from all parties in the past because not all the political parties will be online. But I think with the practice that all the parties had this election of going online, I think what we'll be seeing is that moving forward, participation in politics for everyday Singaporeans is no longer just, oh, it's general election time. Let's talk about policies. Let's talk about, let's participate in our democracy. I think moving forward, it will no longer be a every five-year activity. Mm. I think what we'll be seeing is that moving forward, we will have especially younger Singaporeans using social media to write to the candidates on different policy issues, ask questions, and they will continue to to use social media to um, participate. Yeah. And and you, I know, are going to be doing a survey, a post-election survey on social media. What is that going to look like? When will it launch? When do you think you'll have uh, an update for us on what the results of that are? Yes, so I'm part of a project that's spearheaded at Institute of Policy Studies. So we will have a survey, you know, that launching uh, tomorrow, in fact, and we will ask Singaporeans about how they have participated in this election, what kind of content did they saw, did they see, and what kind of platforms did they use. We expect to have some results, uh, perhaps six in six to eight weeks. Well, we will look forward to uh, to hearing those results when you get them, Natalie. Natalie, thank you so much for being with yes, us. No problem. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.